Hallelujah. You ready for the word? Come on, stand up on your feet. Come on, give me your very best. Because God has given us his very best. Hallelujah. You made it through the week. Hallelujah. No bad news came last night. You laid down in the very image of death. But God saw fit to get you up this morning. Oh, surely you got a praise in you this morning. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for blessing my family. Thank you for blessing my children. Thank you for blessing the church. Health and strength. A sound mind. What else? What else do you want? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Right now, we get ready for the word. Amen. So I ask you right now to receive our pastor. Amen. Pastor Jerry C. Wright. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I ask that you turn to the Gospel of John, second chapter, Gospel of John, second chapter. And as you all know, we are uh, following our Sunday school lessons, and uh, it was all in God's uh, divine plan, where after we um, went through the book of John for about four or five years, <laughs> the gospel press folks decided to, uh, to do the Sunday school lesson in John as well. So we're going to do John again for another 13 weeks. <laughs> Amen. All right, John, the second chapter, verses 1 through 11. And I'll be reading from the NASB version. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, not woman, but woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom 
And he said to him, every man serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poorer wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of his signs, Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples in him. I ask that you pray with me now. Father God, we come before you now. And Lord, once again, I plead with you to allow your people to hear from you. Not a message from me, but a message from you. Lord, help this message, this word of yours go forth and allow it to build them up. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, you may be seated. All right. If you are following the Sunday school lesson, you would see that uh, it's lesson five, and it's titled uh, Jesus' First Miracle. However, um, I changed the title, tweaked the title a bit to say, not with the old, but in with the new. Not with the old, but in with the new. I watch a lot of news, and I'm going to decrease that now. <laughs> uh, but... In watching the news, I ran across some of the older newscasters, uh, the Tom Brokaws and Katie Couric's and Lester Holtz is still on, but he's still in that older crew. And it was interesting because they said now, in recent years, reporting has changed. They say news has moved from informing to affirming. News has changed. It's, it's changed. Rather than being informative, it's affirmative now. Folks want to hear affirmation. They no longer want to hear point, points supported. To hear their point supported. Amen? The pulpit or church, it, it hasn't escaped this either. It hasn't escaped this shift as well. If you listen carefully to, to, to messages, you kind of hear the prevailing trend in the messages across the pulpit. And it's all about affirmation Affirmation, not information, but affirmation. Folks want to be affirmed in their present belief. You know, if the Apostle John, if he were living today and he would see the trend, he, he would be a basket case, a head case, a, a, a wackadoodle. Uh, a cuckoo, or in uh, the future therapist's words of Kelsey Seawright, he would be off his rocker, <laughs> right? 
I mean, going around and hearing that folks want to be affirmed rather than informed, you know, he would pull out his hair, I would assume, in this environment, right? What, you don't want to be informed, but you want to be affirmed. You, you need to know who Jesus is. That's what his gospel was all about. You need to know who Jesus is. You need to know him. See, in your natural state, in the state in which you were born, you won't even seek him. You need to know who he is. You need to know who he is. And, and there are those that are out there that are not among us. They don't know who Jesus is. But sad to say, there are those among us <laughs> that don't know who he is. You need to know who Jesus is. Amen? I, I thought to myself, I said, wow, you know, some folks, there are folks that, that order from Amazon and Ikea, right? And they get this item that comes in a thousand and one parts, right? And you see countless bags of screws when you take that thing out of uh, its case. You see all kinds of screws. And then you see this thingamajig, this thingamajig. And then you think to yourself, I guess that's what's supposed to put it together along with some other tools that you have from your toolbox, right? They, and, then you, and then all of a sudden you pull out and you see this little booklet. And on the front of it, it says, instructions. Some of us will say, okay, all right, connect AA onto EE with two MM screws. Okay. Others see the instruction book and say, I think it go like this. <laughs> then it goes, I think it, yeah, yeah. And then, okay, that look, that look about right. That look about right. Yeah, okay. And then you just go and, and, and then all of a sudden the kids use the table and the table is like, <laughs> right? Plates won't stay on it or anything, right? But you want to affirm that I did that. Didn't need those instructions. I did that, right? But see, John wrote a book that was almost like a manual. He said, I'm going to give you a, a, a short manual on Jesus because you need to know who he is. You need to read about who he is. You need to think about who he is. And if you call yourself a Christian, you got to know who he is, who you are serving, right? And, and that's why John wrote this, this gospel. It could, be, uh, uh, it could be titled, Get to Know Jesus. Get to know Jesus. Get to know who he is and what he's about. And, and chapter 2 
of course, I, I would title it, you know, myself in studying, in my studies, I would title it out with the old or not with the old, but in with the new. Our Sunday school lesson material, it's titled this lesson, as I stated, the first miracle of Jesus. But I want to caution you, right? This might not be the first miracle of Jesus. It's the first in John's presentation of Jesus, right? It's, it's the first miracle that John wants to uh, uh, draw your attention to that Jesus did. Amen? And some theologians believe that understanding this miracle, this turning water into wine miracle, is the key to understanding the, the miracles that follow. Amen? And, and they say that this is the anchor, if you will, the hinge, if you will, of, of, on which all others and the understanding of other miracles hang. And, and John MacArthur, he stated in his sermon uh, on this same uh, group of scripture, he said that it starts with a, a setting of common grace. And this setting of common grace is called a wedding, right? And wedding is a common grace. And common grace basically is defined as something that God gives for the enjoyment of us, for our enjoyment, rather if we believe in him or not. That's common grace, right? Like, 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 like seeing the beauty of the world. That's just not for believers but unbelievers can see the beauty of the world as well. Seeing a sunset and how beautiful that is, that's a common grace. If you believe in Jesus or not, that's a common grace. That's something that you can enjoy. And, and, and marriage is a common grace in which we all can enjoy, if you're a believer or not, right? Now, Christ attended a wedding. That's awesome. We pray that Christ attends all weddings, <laughs> right? I pray that Christ attended mine and yours as well. So we pray that Christ attends all weddings. That's a, that's a plus right there, right? But this also shows his, uh, the importance he places on relationships. And as I spoke from this uh, passage before, God is interested in relationships. And the key to relationships is the knowing of one another. Now, it's a no-brainer that he knows you. That's a no-brainer, right? He created you. He knows you. But here's the thing. Do you know him? Do you know him? Are you taking the time to know him? Are you getting to know who Jesus is? So the setting was a wedding, and then this wedding occurred about three days after Jesus had called Philip Nathaniel, according to the scripture lesson text. And it states that Mary, the mother of Jesus, Jesus himself, and at least five disciples at this time were invited to this wedding held 
in Cana, which is the hometown of Nathaniel. Now, some surmise that Mary and Jesus may have been invited because they were relatives. Others say that, well, maybe they were just close friends to the family. And then others even go to the point of saying, well, maybe Mary had no blood connection to the couple or to the family. Maybe Mary jumped into action, sprung into action because of her servant heart. She had a servant heart. All throughout Scripture, you see that she had a heart of a servant. And maybe she saw or sensed that the situation needed some help, and then she just sprung into action to to help. So when Mary saw that the situation was problematic, that the party was running out of wine, she went to her eldest son, which happens to be Jesus Christ. She went to her, to her eldest son. Now, she wasn't approaching, and she knew she wasn't approaching just her eldest son. <laughs> She knew who she was approaching, right? She knew that, yes, he may be my eldest son, but he's also Jesus, right? He's also Jesus, right? And, and, and Mary knew who he was, knew who he was. Mary didn't forget the visits that she received from Gabriel, <laughs> That wasn't out of her mind. She remembered Gabriel coming and, and talking to her, right? She also remembered uh, uh, her visit to Elizabeth and all the things that occurred there where Elizabeth said, you know, I'm old, but I'm pregnant, right? And, and then the baby leaped in the womb, right? All of those things. And, and if you recall that, that in the temple, she can recall. Uh, how, how Anna uh, approached her, right? She recalls all that. She didn't forget that she knew who Jesus was, right? She knew Jesus was not just her eldest son, right? She knew who she was talking to, who, who she was approaching and who she was talking to. And, and that's the first point, knowing who Jesus is is knowing who to turn to when life comes your way. Knowing who Jesus is, is knowing who to turn to when life comes your way. It's not about turning to your higher power, inner self, being, um, no. It's not about going and running to a best friend, Daddy, mama, no, because if they were in the right headspace themselves, they would say, you need Jesus, right? You need Jesus, right? So, so it was about knowing who Jesus is. Psalms, the 61st Psalm, verses 1 through 4 says this, Hear my cry, O God, give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. 
for you have been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. See, that doesn't sound like I need a better like, like self-image, that I need, my, I need ego and self-esteem to drive me through some situation. That, that sounds like I need to like humble myself and come under the hands of a mighty God and understand that he can help me more than I can help myself. That's what that sounds like. So knowing who he is is knowing that he can help you. Amen? Amen. That you need him. And it goes on to where verse 4 says this, and Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. So, so why did this, like, uh, why did, did Mary's statement warrant this type of response from Jesus? Some say that uh, she saw such a, a grave situation that she was just, just thinking fast. And, and so she went to her eldest son and, and tried to just help the situation. She saw that some folks needed aid. She saw that folks needed help. So, so why not help? So what she did is just thought about it and, and just pulled her mother's card. And she just said, I'm going to pull the mama card. Jesus. <laughs> Right? Come and, come and help this situation. Well, others, and this was a, a funny thought when I read it, others said, well, maybe Mary thought within herself, I, I've been the subject of gossip for 30 years now. You know, I've been the topic of mean whispers. She, she know his daddy. She know who his daddy is. I've been the topic of all these mean whispers and, and all this gossip that's going on. And, and, and what a great occasion. What a great opportunity now for him to do some abracadabra and vindicate my name. So what a great opportunity now for him to just like poof, whine. Mary, you were right. Yeah, I know I was right. All these 30 years, I know I was right. And then I can be a virtuous woman once again. Some say she may have thought something like that in her mind, but Jesus' response was not one of disrespect. See, in our modern vernacular, as soon as we hear woman, it's hard on the ears. Woman, you hear me talking to you? Woman, come here, woman. Be quiet, woman. No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. When you read what was going on in the culture at that time, woman was a term of endearment. It was a term of endearment. And, and it's supported by John, the 19th chapter, verses 26 through 27. He says this, when Jesus was on the cross, he says, when Jesus then saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, 
Behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. So we see that this was a tender moment. He was making arrangements to make sure that mama was okay. So that woman couldn't be woman. It had to be dear mother, dear woman, as some expositor writers write it. Amen. And it says, so what Jesus' response pointed out, and this is the point that we need to walk away with, what Jesus' response pointed out was a shift in focus. No longer at this time would it be about a mother-son relationship. Now it will be about a father-son relationship. He was now going to be about his father's business. He was now starting his public ministry, and it was all about what his father wanted him to do. Amen? It was about his father's business and pulling the mama card. That can't dictate his timeline right now. He was about his father's business. Amen? And, and then it goes on and says in verse 5, and his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. You hear how powerful that is? See, if you, if you don't understand, you don't see how, what, what, what power that is stating right there. It says, so she said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Note that she didn't respond, uh, so, so you're not going to help me, Jesus. <laughs> so you see the situation, and you're not going to help. Huh? You're, you're not going to help. Where is the loving, kindness, compassionate God? Where is he now? So you're not going to help? Don't you see this situation that needs help? And you're not going to help me right now? You're not going to help them right now? Loving, kind, compassionate, grace-giving God? You're not going to help now? You notice that wasn't her response. Her response was, whatever he do it. So if the first point was knowing who Jesus is, is to when life comes your way, then the second point is we can't dictate the when and the how. So we leave and able hands. You can't dictate the when and the how, right? So we leave it in in able hands. Mary understood that the blessing was obedience, not worry, not nagging, not anything like that, but it was obedience. Being in obedience to his word, submitting to him, saying whatever he says to do, do it. Amen? Do it. 
And Jesus confirms this because in, in verses 6 through 7, he says this. Now there were six stone water pots that sat there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. So what this is telling us, it gives us a glimpse as to how the Jewish folks were were operating at that time in their understanding of purification. According to the law and according to their traditions, the Jewish people, they tried to accomplish purification by the washing, right? The washing of hands, the washing of feet. Now, you got to know that that was probably 120 to 180 gallons of water that these six pots could contain all together. And so there was a lot of washing that needed to go on. So there was repeated washing. There was not one-time washing, right? You needed to wash your hand. And some, uh, some devout, devout uh, Jews, they would wash their hands after every meal, every section of a meal. They would just wash their hands and wash the wash the utensils over and over and over and over. You needed water over and over. And of course, they didn't have Air Jordans back then. They had, they had like air slippers and air, air, air sandals. And, 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 and they would go through those dirty streets, right? And all kind of stuff would get on their feet. So they would have to wash their feet over and over and over and over and over and over. And they were trying to to, to, to be purified. They were trying to make sure that this was that they were keeping uh, up with the purification qualifications, if you will. But Jesus said, through this miracle, I'm going to use some common thing to show you an eternal thing. I'm going to use a common thing to show you an eternal principle here. And you wash over and over and over. And that was according to the law and customs that you have going on. You wash over and over. But see, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a washing where you only need to be washed inwardly just once. Just once, and I'm going to wash you. And just like Isaiah said, I'm going to wash you white as snow, though your sins may be like crimson. I will wash you white as snow. I'm going to wash you only once, right? You only need to be washed once. And, and yes, your hands and that outward stuff that you got going on, yeah, yeah, you can keep doing that. But I'm talking about something where you'll be clean and washed from the inside out. Amen. So I'm going to change you. It's going to be not with the old, but it's going to be with the new. And that's what this wine was indicating, that it's not going to be with the, with the old. It's going to be with the new. Jesus said, and as I stated before, the, the points, rather, just one more time, is saying knowing who Jesus is is knowing who to turn to when life comes your way. Secondly, we can't dictate the when and the how. So we leave it in his capable and able hands. And if 
If you put that all together, the third thing is knowing Jesus and trusting him ushers in a new way of living. It ushers in a new way of living. He, he said that he would turn water into wine, but that indicated that he's going to turn sinners into saints. It also says that he can turn your mourning into dancing. It says that he can change setups into come-ups, right? <laughs> he can change, he can change bad eva evaluations on the job. He can work that out to where it becomes a promotion, right? He can change a fire into a hire, right? He can change situations. He is able to change situations for you. Amen? If you are in a state of trying to help yourself, this is what this, this, this message is all about. It's not about willpower. It's not about, you know, just, it's not about self-discipline. This is, it's deeper than that. Because if you don't know who he is, if you don't have a relationship with him, then it's like swinging and trying to beat the air. And you're not really connecting with what's going on, right? You need him. <laughs> That's the bottom line. You need him. It's not about... You know, I, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think you can, I think I can. No, it's not about that. It's you need him. You need him. And, and how sad it is when you have the title of Christian and you still don't know who he is. You still haven't, like, poured the time into reading about who Christ really is. And then when hard times come, then you actually fix your mouth to say, God is not all that. I mean, I tried the God thing. It's not all that. And, and, and my rebuttal is, did you really? <laughs> did you really try him? Did you really try him? Did you really taste and see that the Lord is good? Did you really, really grind and get to know who he was about and who he is before you made that decision that he's about nothing? So many with a shallow knowledge of Jesus Christ. They don't know him, and since he didn't work, he's just like that booklet of instructions where I just throw it away and I'm going to wing this thing on my own. Tables rocking and everything else. I'm going to try to wing this thing on my own. Forget, forget the pamphlet. Forget that booklet. Forget Jesus. He didn't... Nah, nah, nah. Nah. When, and, and when you're throwing him away, when you never really knew who he who he was, who he is, right? Who he is. See, and, and, and you got to understand that this is the, the point of it all. You got to know who he is. Knowing who you serve is, 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 is life changing. 
It's life changing. So you can you you, you turn to him. See the the the, the first few points, they, they don't mean much if you don't know him. You, you turn to him and say, help me, but you don't really know who you're calling on and realize that you're already helped. <laughs> he, he's already, he, he's got it under control already. He, he, he's got it worked out already. Like I told you all in a, in, in a previous message, he, he, he is not in the process of becoming. No, he says, I am, but we're in the process of becoming. We're always becoming, 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 and, and he's, he's I am. <laughs> he's I am. We're becoming, and we're becoming, and becoming, and becoming, and, and, and then all of a sudden we become uh, to a point where we say, oh, he's already got it worked out. Didn't he, didn't he work it out? <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> And he's there. I am. I was, I was there in the beginning. I was through it in the middle. And I'm here now in the end. I am. I, I didn't change. You change. I am. You see what I'm saying? And that's what it's about. <laughs> We're the ones that, that's becoming. I am. That's what he said. What, it, when, when, uh, Moses, when I send you down there, t- tell him, I am sent you, right? I'm not in the process of becoming. I am. Amen? And he says this in Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. See, don't, don't go to your, you know, what worked before. Don't go to that. Don't, 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 like, mm, here's my book of tricks. Now, usually, usually if I do this, it gets me out of this situation. Usually if I, you know, if I, could, if I, if I do this, I'm, I'm, I'm home free, right? Don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new, not and then it goes on to say, now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I'm not going to keep it a secret to you, of you. I'm the source, and I'm not going to keep myself a secret to you. That's what God is saying. I'm, I'm the source. I, I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. He can change the situation, not your, your, your intellect, not your little book of tricks. He will change the situation. He can change the situation. And Mary understood this in an in a old song that we sung. She, she could sing it too. She says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen. Trust and obey. So knowing who Jesus is, is knowing who to turn to when life comes your way. Two, we can't dictate the when and the how, so we leave it in his capable and able hands. And three, 
Knowing Jesus and trusting him ushers in a new way of living. Don't you want this new way of living? Aren't you tired of boxing and beating the air and all your solutions falling flat? You're trying to live life on your own and, and all you see is like nonsense after nonsense. You know, like your nonsense plus your nonsense solutions equal nonsense. Aren't you tired of that? <laughs> That's, that's an exhausting way to live. <laughs> that's an exhausting way to live. It's an exhausting way to live. And some Christians are living that way. Their nonsense plus their nonsense solutions equal more nonsense in their life. Aren't you tired of that? When he said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. The, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And, and he's telling you to, to trust in me. He says, just, is, is your all on the altar? Have you given it all to him? Or, or are you just like, just, just, you know, just a, you know, I, I see all these parts to life and I see these and I see these pieces in life and everything else, and I see this, this instruction manual called the Bible as to how to live life. Now, should I use this tool to try to put all this together, or should I use this to try to put it all together? Which one should I do? See, this is not Amazon and Ikea. <laughs> this is life. <laughs> See, right now counts forever, right? Right now counts forever. This is life, and so should I use the Bible along with the Holy Spirit that he's given me and my faith in him? Should I use that, or should I, should I use just this to try to handle all of this? Give it to Jesus. <laughs> Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. I, I, I plead, I'm, I'm begging you to give it to him. And here's one of my favorite invitations. It was written by uh, Dr. Boyce. He says this, Jesus will do what he has promised. He will bless you in the sense given to that word in the Beatitudes. <laughs> he will make you salt to benefit others and light to this dark world. He will enable you to understand and obey the Bible. He will teach you to pray. Then he will, be, then he will bear you through all the cares, dangers, and frustrations of this life to, an eternal, to, to eternity unbroken fellowship with him in heaven. What, what a beautiful thought. Come to Jesus today. Don't delay. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Amen? Amen. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Know 
who he is. So this week, that, that's, that's the takeaway. Get in that book that you call a book, but I call it the word of life. <laughs> Get in that word, and I mean dig deep. Get to know who Jesus is. Because you need to know him, to turn to him when life comes up. Because life is going to come up. Amen? Life, is, life, life, will, life will happen. Get to know him. Get to know him. And secondly, we can't dictate the when and the how. Just like Mary. Mary's left it there and said, hey, <laughs> what he said do, do it. Lord, I leave it in your hands. Now that I brought it to you and I understand who I'm bringing it to, I leave it in your capable and your able hands. And thirdly, I, I know you. And not only do I know you, I trust you, and therefore I can live life and life more abundantly. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Amen? So, after dismissal, we will have folks up here. They'll be available to pray for you. And they'll be able to pray with you. And, and I pray that the day that you will not let this moment pass you by if you don't know him, you need him as your personal savior. Amen. And for those out in Zoom land, uh, please don't hesitate to contact us. We will spend that time because right now counts forever. <laughs> right now counts forever. Amen. Leave it to the hands of hospitality.